O God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing in your sight, O Lord, for you are our strength and our redeemer. In Jesus' name I ask, amen. So as Paul is looking at this soldier guarding him in the prison where he's writing this letter of Ephesians from, uh, most likely that soldier would have the shorter of the two swords that a Roman soldier would have access to or would be in the armory or would have assigned to them. It was more of a, a broadsword, if you will, an everyday shorter version of what they would take in on the battlefield, which was, was much beefier, if you will. You remember we talked about the shield of faith and how, how Roman soldiers had an everyday shield to handle any small uprisings in places where they were assigned to, to knock off blows. But when they went on the battlefield to face another army, they had a full body size shield that they would use together for an even greater protection. Similar to the sword that Paul is talking about, we think, in this situation because it's used more on an everyday level locally wherever wherever the, the contingent of Roman soldiers uh, are placed and assigned and probably about 18 inches long something that could be carried on the belt that easily could be drawn and taken out and also a sign of, of power uh, to anyone that might be wanting to cause trouble uh, if you will a, a sign of strength so we think that it's an everyday sword that Paul's talking about because the scriptures, because the word of God that he mentions is something that he encourages and that we believe as Christians is something we should use not just once in a while or just when things get difficult and hard in life, but every single day of our lives. To have the mind of Christ, to grow in our faith, means using this, this sword the Word of God on a daily, daily basis. And so a few things that I'd like to say today, uh, being aware of the time, about this is first a quick definition of what the Word of God is because that is what Paul says the sword is for the Christian in the spiritual battle. And the Word of God for us today would be the Old Testament and New Testament as, as the Protestant Christians in the world use it. And so in your pew there, the Old Testament and New Testament in our Bible, that is the Word of God, everything there contained within. And it includes a variety of different things. If you look at the Bible and you consider all the different types of literature in there, all of it speaks to us by God for our Christian faith. Whether it's the story of creation from the very beginning, whether it's the poetry of the Psalms that, that give to us voice and word when we just don't have words to express the hurt that we're experiencing in life, or can't quite come up with the words to, to reveal and to celebrate the joy that God's presence and worship brings to us, the Psalms do that. The, 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 um, pretty much the... Um, all of the prophets and their proclamations, um, all of the words there contained within the Old Testament. The judges, all of the, the different types of things that are there 
contained for us the Word of God. The New Testament, Jesus' Word, the Word made flesh that came among us, and all of His teachings are God's Word, and all of the New Testament, the letters from Paul and Peter and, and other writers as well, all the way down to Revelation at the very end, from beginning to the end, the Bible is, for us, the Word of God speaking into who it is that we're called to be as people of God. Jesus um, said this, and it was when he was being tempted in the wilderness by Satan. It's written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And where did he get that from? It's contained in our Old Testament. Uh, Martin Luther, the 15th century reformer, reforming uh, out of the Catholic Church, founding the Protestant Church, said, the Bible is alive, it speaks to me, it has feet and it chases after me, it has hands and it lays hold of me. That's how passionate he was about the word. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, um, pastor, theologian, and actually um, victim of the Nazi concentration camps because he dared to stand up to Hitler during World War II, said this, because I am a Christian, therefore, every day in which I do not dig more deeply into the knowledge of God's word in Holy Scripture is a day that is lost for me. I can only move forward with certainty upon the firm ground that is the word of God. John Wesley said that the Holy Scriptures, the Old and the New Testament, he defined it as, uh, are the whole and soul, meaning only, the whole and the sole rule of the Christian faith and practice for us people called Methodists. Plain and simple, the way that it is and the way that it has been in our, our Methodist history and all the way back into when those were written are God's words speaking to us today. And sometimes, sometimes in defining that, people, people have their favorite parts of it but don't accept all of it. Sometimes the Bible has to be defended, doesn't it? Because people say it's a dusty old, worthless, I've even heard before, and certainly outdated thing for us to base our faith on. And yet in it and through it, we see that God's word is alive and well, that it is breathing. Romans 10.17 says, and you know if you came to our renewal services a couple of weeks ago, faith comes by hearing the message, and the message is heard through <clears throat> the word of Jesus Christ. And so the Bible for us is the word of God. There is a, there is a sense of it being God-breathed. Did you hear the language that Paul uses in writing to Timothy? As if <clears throat> every word that we read in the Bible has God's breath upon it. Now, on Sunday mornings when I preach, I try to stick closely to the Scripture because that's what I'm called to do. That's what preachers are supposed to do. Some of the things that you hear me talk about, if I give a personal illustration, is going to be Mark breathe <coughs> type of stuff. Mark breathe. But my desire, my joy, my calling is to, to transmit and share with you what God has breathed into Holy Scripture and breathes into us. Doesn't God do that? Doesn't God breathe life 
into things that we think maybe are worthless or even dead and gone. If you're in the Epic of Eden Bible study, we looked at this past week, Genesis 2, the creation story of, of humanity, and God, from the dust of the earth, it says, formed Adam, and he breathed life into him. God breathed life in, and called into creation the entire world and cosmos in which, which we live. There is the story of Ezekiel, the prophet that has this vision in the Old Testament of walking through a valley of what? Of bones everywhere. Bones that have been there for a long time, long dead and gone bones. And in it, God breathes new life into them. Muscles and tendons attach and, and they stand up and they walk. God breathes new life into dead things. Old things, if you will. And then the story of Jesus in the, the New Testament going. After being summoned by great friends, Mary and Martha, to come to Bethany because their brother, Lazarus, has died. Do you remember the story? He takes his disciples there after several days waiting. It's, it's three days since Lazarus has been dead and put in the tomb that he arrives there. And as he's coming down the driveway there at their house, Mary and Martha come running out, and they're, they're just distraught because they think that the one that they love, their brother, is, is dead and gone, and there's nothing to be done. And Jesus goes, and he calls out, Lazarus, come out. He calls him back to life again, and Lazarus comes walking out. God, God's word for us are the scriptures breathed by God into to those that have written it and, and guided, breathed into us as we read it for our day and our time and our current situation in life. The Word of God also um, has great uses for us, and Paul says these briefly to Timothy. And you think about a soldier on the battlefield with an actual sword. They are using it as, as something to, to poke and to prod and to to stab and, and to take life out of. Well, the scriptures have for us that sense of poking and prodding of the human heart and of our soul and, and pointing out to us, literally pointing out to us, those places where we have gone wrong. Those places even where we have gone right. Have you ever before read something and said, wow, that's really speaking to me today? Maybe you've heard a sermon in the past five or six years that maybe spoke to you and you said, you know, that was not something Pastor Mark was saying. The Word of God speaks to our hearts and our minds and it, it, it pulls back and peels back those things, those layers, if you will, over the things, the wounds of life that we have allowed to, to heal up and grow over or the hard-heartedness that lies deep within us or the prejudices uh, or feelings of hate that we have, God has a way of exposing for us within the things that God desires to breathe life into or to do away with so that life may surface and grow within us. The Bible speaks to our lives. Paul says in, to Timothy um, that it is <clears throat> useful for teaching 
and for reproof and for correction and for training in righteousness. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds like he's saying that this is stuff that you need to be teaching in your church. This is stuff that you need to take to school with you, if you will. And what a great thing to share with kids, right? It's one of the reasons that we have Sherry working with us, with our children and youth, is to teach them and help them and guide them in understanding and knowing what it is that God desires and directs for their life. Teaching the Word, teaching the Scriptures, and showing that in Christian love. It's important for us with our kids. It's important with us personally. It's important for us in the church as brothers and sisters, in this, this family of faith that we have together, not just our, our blood family. And then Paul finally says that the Scripture um, is to make us uh, equipped for every good work. And so all of the good that we purport to do as a church and desire to see come out of Pleasant Garden United Methodist Church comes from the scriptural teaching about what it means to truly love as God loves. Self-sacrificially in the community, to support those that are doing God's work in a, in a fuller way like we're doing with our acts of love or Lent, feeding the hungry as we do in our food pantry and we'll be doing Saturday night downtown. All of these things are equipping us for every good work that comes out of Scripture. Well, the last thing for today about this, this sword of truth, this sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, is, is how important is it for us to declare that it is our truth for life and for faith, and how is it that it gives to us power and strength and energy to go and fight the battle of faith. Because all of us are doomed to be defeated in our faith and following Jesus Christ if we do not have the power of God within us to enable us to do these great things that we are called to do. How is it that we allow this to be our sword in life and to use it in a way that, that not only strengthens us but helps us in the world to to do God's bidding and God's work. Well, I think it's important to say that we need a daily dose of it, and we need to be about the business of knowing this book, of knowing it, and not just, just listening to it whenever we come to church on Sundays, but I mean studying it, knowing it in and out. If you want to know the mind of God, and you want to know what God desires for your life and for the world, which has fallen in much need of redemption, study the scriptures each and every day. It, it astounds me how many people we don't have in our church uh, come to Sunday school on Sunday morning. I know that there are other Bible studies and other things that people utilize outside of Pleasant Garden United Methodist Church to study the scriptures on your own, but what a great opportunity, what a great time to come and to be encouraged in, in living out and lifting up this, this word, this sword that God gives to us to fight the battles we fight as we go out on our own every single week. 
battles that can defeat us and make us doubt God, make us doubt our purpose in the world, make us doubt the love, the love of Christ that is alive and well. I tell you, I've been preaching the scriptures pretty much every Sunday for 26, 27 years. And it really has helped me to be a better student of it because to teach is to learn, right? It is true. You have to know your material a little bit better. But it's amazing to me the power that I see in these scriptures each and every week in my own life. This is my testimonial time that I'm going to end with today. But just about how the Holy Spirit has opened my eyes to see through the lives of the people that have written the words in this book that God has given that truth to them and exposed me to see the kingdom of God as it is meant to be on earth, but not how the world goes. Because there's a stark difference, isn't there? A big difference between what God calls the world to be and the people he's created in it and what, what we live up to. Because we fall way short. I fall way short each and every week. Do you? We all stand in the need of God's grace and, and God's direction and guidance. And, and as we allow him to speak to us and permeate our heart and soul and our, our lives and the struggles that we face, he will reveal himself to us. The risen Christ will come alive in us in a way that will not happen if you're just thinking about it all up here. I'm speaking of the heart. I'm speaking of the sword of the spirit. The Spirit of God coming into and dwelling within us and using this word to, to clarify, to separate what is of God from what is not of God and filling us up with the love and the joy and the peace and the purpose of God deep within. It's so completely, totally gratifying and life-altering and changing that no words will really explain it other than to say, yes, I believe and I have known. The scriptures call us to maturity of faith and to cast aside all of those things that, that would weigh us down and keep us from being God's person in the world. I don't know about you, but I have three or four things that I could easily, easily fall for that I've fallen for before in the spiritual realm, lies or temptations that say, Mark, just go ahead and do this, or just handle this that way. And it can lead me to be hard-hearted and mean-spirited, and it can lead me to not caring and apathy in life. And without the Spirit of God to help me move those things out and lay them to rest where they need to be, I do not truly experience the presence and the power of God in my life without the Word speaking to me regularly and without His Holy Spirit there to reveal it to me and help me to understand more clearly what I am called to do. There is a, an author named Rosaria Butterfield who uh, has always been, up until recent years, an outspoken critic of the Christian faith militant against uh, the Christian faith and pretty much all religions. Um, 
Atheistic would probably be the best category to put her in, maybe agnostic. But she started to read the Bible once upon a time because it so irked her that Christians said, this is, this is how God desires the world to be. This is the truth for us to follow after and chase after and live and model our lives after. And so being the, being the, the critic she was, she decided she was going to read that book so that she could know how to argue the points of Christians that would, would tell her why it was truth and important and good and right. And as she read through, this is what she said in, in her book, uh, Secret Thoughts of an Unlikely Critic. Uh, the Bible simply got to be, to me, bigger inside than my pride was. I started to see the Bible as the table of contents for my life and understand the framework in which, which I and everyone else was created for. And quickly I started to see how my pride uh, that was manifested in my self-absorption separated me from the holy God who created me and promised to take care of me with an undying love and to see myself in that to see myself as the recipient of his love and his design and his authority and his sovereignty and his salvation and his holiness, it led me to see that God is the only true source for a love that is like that, atoning, redeeming, and sacrificial. And that has changed my whole life. That's what the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, will do for us is it will change our life into something that is not of us, but of God instead. And thanks be to God for this undescribable gift. Amen.